0: Now, for the Inside View show with host and book critic, Salvador
1: Sabasco. Welcome, listeners. We have a KNLE exclusive today. We have best-selling author, Chris Valentin, Best-selling author of Spirit Wars, and his newest is School of Prophets, Advanced Advanced Training for Prophetic Ministry, Ford by Bill Johnson, and it's published by Chosen, a division of Baker Publishing Group. Chris is a senior associate leader of Bethel Church in Reading. He's a co-founder and senior overseer of the Bethel Church of Supernatural Ministry, and he's a best-selling author of numerous books, his Life-Changing Teachings, Prophetic insight and humorous delivery make him a much sought out after international conference speaker And I wouldn't even have a complete introduction if I didn't pay special thanks to Those who made it possible for chris to speak with us today Kara carr director of marketing bethany house publishing chosen jackie medina Freelance publicist with baker publishing group and even assistant to Chris Valtin, Bethany Roper. But first, we're going to begin the Inside You show as we begin every the Inside You show with John 21 25, which reads, and there are also many other things which Jesus did the which if they should be written every one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the book's that should be written. Amen. Chris, are you there? Yeah, there you go. Chris, thank you for being a gift today for our listeners, and thank you for being here to speak life, peace, and hope into people's lives today.
0: Well, I'm glad to be on the show, Salvador.
1: We're so glad and and simply blessed to have you. Looking forward to it. What was your vision for writing school of prophets. Well,
0: I really feel like, you know, there's the Acts two seventeen says in the last days God's gonna pour out a spirit on all flesh, as we know.
1: Yes, yes. Praise God. And the mm. result
0: of that would be that people that everyone would prophesy your sons, your daughters, your old men, your young men, your even on your bond servants. And so we know that part of the outpouring last days outpouring is the manifestation of people moving in prophetic ministry, and so I, I believe that God's raising up um, mothers and fathers of that of that movement. Mm, definitely, that globally to really help to, if you will, father that that prophetic um, that prophetic wave or that prophetic
1: outpoint. What Chris inspired you to write the book? What was the inspiration?
0: Very dysfunctional family behave. Uh, very dysfunctional prophetic family behave globally, and just beginning to say, you know, what? How should we behave, and how do people actually uh, know if they're prophets, and how do they? What, what, are, what is the role of a prophet in, in different realms, and you know, how, do, how can we actually begin to identify um, people who, who should be leading, and how should they be leading? So. Those are kind of the things uh, that were on my heart
1: when I wrote that book. Yes, so you're definitely anointed. Uh, the word comes through you. Could you tell our listeners about more about the purpose that you feel? But I, I guess I have this
0: incredible, deep, intense passion to see a global community of prophetic people rise up all over the world like Daniel and Joseph and actually speak into the lives of influencers and, and transform
1: the world. So that's really... That's my simple... <laughs> That's my <quite> simple... <laughs> <laughs> we are here today for this KNLE exclusive today with Chris Valentin, best-selling author of Spirit Wars. He's here to speak with us on a new book, his new book, The School of Prophets, Advanced Training for Prophetic Ministry. The Ford is written by Bill Johnson and it's published by Chosen, a division of Baker Publishing Group. In this book, there's a definitive guide. He offers uh, often neglected foundational teaching and provides critical advanced training that includes how to discern your calling and grow your gift, uh, define your divinely appointed sphere of influence and depth of authority, how to recognize the six different types of prophets and how to deal with false ones, how to navigate relational difficulties as you step into your gifting, how to understand the complex ways God communicates, and then how to prepare for the common but dangerous spiritual attacks prophets face. And he offers not offers not only a modern-day uh, prophet view, but then gives us the, the background and history and the context. So it's a great book. I have... Uh, Another question, we'll continue with our interview with Chris Valentin here. Chris. What are some signs that a person's called to be a prophet? Or a prophetess? Oh, I think that, yeah, I, I, that's a really good question. I, I think it begins with um, typically a private encounter with God. You
0: know, like, just like Jeremiah had Jeremiah chapter 1. God calls Jeremiah, I mean, specifically speaks to him and I think that, you know, being very incongruent to, to think, well, I'm called to be a prophet, but God's actually, and so my, my life is about speaking for God and equipping people to hear God, and, and you know, all, all of my ministry is about hearing God, speaking for God, and helping others to do the same. It seems, it seems like it would be totally incongruent to have that as my primary ministry, and then not to have a private encounter with God in which God actually speaks to me personally and says, I've called you to be a prophet. Or a prophet. So, I think it begins with some kind of a private encounter with God in which He, he
1: calls you into that, that particular ministry and office. Wow, that's a definite sign. Is there, or, or is there anything else to make it crystal clear that uh, it has been a calling? And I also believe that it, it
0: requires favor with God, as I just and it it requires favor with man, so I think the other side of it is that the leaders around you they need to also acknowledge that you have um, authority and, and and that they value your leadership and that they and that they trust you. So I think it's a God and man. Jesus gives favor with God and with man. So I watched a lot of people um, over the years. Kind of metaphorically kind of come out of the wilderness and say, God spoke to me, I'm a prophet to this church, or I'm a prophet to this, whatever this region. And, uh, you know, but God hasn't spoke to the, the leaders of that, of that metron, that sphere of, uh, of uh, influence. And it becomes kind of a conflict. So, um, And, uh, you know, we watch it in the life of Joseph, when Joseph you know, has this vision that he's going to lead his brothers, and that he's going to be the leader of his his family and his you know, father and mother are going to bow down to him and they you know, uh, he has favor with God but he doesn't yet have favor with man and it ends up improved by not being wise. And we see on the other side that where sometimes people have favor with man like, but not favor with God and that's kind of the story of Aslan. Aslan can, you know has favor with the people that's David's um, son who favor with the people but he doesn't yet have favor with God so he ends up you know, usurping David's authority and overtaking David's throne. And so I think we have to have favor
1: with God and favor with
0: man. And I think we have to use
1: wisdom. a long answer uh, hmm. to uh, a short question. Yeah, but I loved your answer. As many parts of the book, School of Prophets, Advanced Training for Prophetic Ministry. We are here with a KNLE exclusive. Uh, we have Chris Velton who's here with us today. He's sharing insights from his new book, The School of Prophets, Advanced Training for Prophetic Ministry. A calling could be a pretty heady thing. Uh, What if someone doesn't, in fact, get called by God, but it changes their life so much that it's it's disruptive at first? that's where I think that's where our leaders get involved you know
0: I think that um, I think that one way we know is that you know when God promotes us he protects us and you know if we, when we humble ourselves he exalts us and so I think that oftentimes the leaders in our lives are some of the, the greatest um, discerners of um, God's um, direction in our life, you know, I I have this motto that says, um, whoever has
1: oversight in our life has insight into our life. Mm. And so Mm. I think that, um, you know,
0: part of, you know, there can be all kinds of signs in our life, but I think that we need people who have great wisdom. In the abundance of counselors, there's, there's wisdom. I think we need those kind of process I think, I think leaders need to be a part of that process in our lives I think the greater uh, responsibility we have the, the deeper connection we, we need with uh, with wise people and, and our wise counselors and wise leaders
1: yeah yes, yeah, definitely answered the question yeah, oh I definitely definitely, definitely. It may, no it makes sense that when we're feeling we're taking one step forward and two steps back and we don't not really clear on the signs instead of feeling uh, daunted and that we're alone that there's leadership there there we are if without uh, leadership there and we feel jilted off our typical track in life by this new calling and by that we feel like we've taken one step forward and two steps back that we're losing a step we're instead part of the, the process with God. We're, we're gaining a we're dance. We're here with a KMLB <laughs> <Yeah>, exclusive <laughs> today. We have Chris Valentin, best-selling author. And his uh, new book is School of Prophets, Advanced Training for Prophetic Ministry. And we're glad to have him here. I got another question. This one I've been holding back on. After reading School of Prophets... I know, Chris, you just didn't wake up one day and say, hmm, I'm a self-proclaimed prophet. And we know, and I know by reading the book, that definitely is not the way it happened. Uh, even in so, it could not have been easy to have such as described dramatic changes in your life. What were, and I'm sure over the years, I'm sure over the years you learned some hard lessons. What are some things you learned to do differently, what what prompted you to make those changes and how has it helped?
0: Well, um, you, you know, I, I think I've, <laughs> <to> <laughs> you know, I, I've got a guy that's learned everything the hard way, you know. Part yeah. of me, we are in a little, uh, a small community uh, an hour away from society. So, you know, some of the great benefits that we have, you know, today, you know, podcasts, webcasts, you know, yeah. um, all kinds of all kinds of uh, ways to, you know, get input, and, and you know, with books that are that are out now and the amount of uh, prophetic insight that people have today, and we didn't have that, in the, you know, in my day. So, yeah. you know, we had a few prophetic superstars, you know, with kind of a man-of-God syndrome, you know, and it was pretty hard to, you know, imitate them in a good way. I mean, you know, follow them, model, model after them, because they were, you know, they were on a whole other level. So, so I learned I think I learned most of uh,
1: you know what I've learned the, the hard way and um,
0: I, I think that you know I think that uh, some of the lessons I've learned are you know that you can be dead right like life and death are in the power of the tongue so the hmm. fact that you have a you know a, an accurate word doesn't mean that you should speak it you know that you have accurate insight doesn't mean that you should share it. I think it takes the wisdom of God and the power of God to actually to actually lead to positive uh, influence in, in people's lives and in, in their environment. So I learned the hard way that you know um, I I learned the hard way that you know, finding dirt in people's lives or prophesying negative stuff into into the environment. It really isn't helpful, you know? And I, I share a lot about that in the book, of course, uh, my own experience, but I, I've come to this place where I really feel like the story of Ezekiel um, going to the um, Valley of Dry Bones has, has really become a great uh, word picture for my life. You know, Ezekiel's in the valley, and and he's there's a, it's a valley where there was once a battle, and there's all these bones, these skeletons laying right on top of the ground, and God asked this great prophet, can these bones live? And and you you probably know the story, Salvador.
1: Oh yeah, I read it in the book as well. You know. you, You know. And God says, prophesy to the bones.
0: He didn't say prophesy about the bones. He said prophesy to the bones. And he begins to prophesy to the bones, and as you know, those bones... Um, through a process, a prophetic process, becoming my army. and so you know, I think we look around in our world, and obviously there's a lot of good things going on in the world, but there's a lot of really tough things going on in the world too, and uh, pretty much have to bury your head in the sand to, to not see them. And so I think uh, sometimes prophetic people gonna, they want they want to come out of the wilderness, so sort to of speak, and, and you know, speak about all the bad things that are going on, and how our countries you know deserves this, and how so-and-so deserves that. And I'm like, okay, those are dry bones. Those are dead things. And what do prophets do to dead things? We we speak things that are not as though they are. And we begin to speak into those dry bones, those environments.
1: I I was flashing through images as you were speaking. Images were coming across of Braveheart, the movie, how you introduced the the bones in the book on page 132. Uh, A couple other uh, parts that you had introduced in the book. And uh, yeah, it makes a heck of a lot of sense. As you know, Chris, I'm a member of the National Book Critics Circle. And, you know, of course, we've been doing this show for quite a while. I've read thousands of books, and few have compelled me to read them twice over. And actually, there's like two or three where I've read them two or three times. And I've read the School of Prophets Advanced Training for Prophetic Ministry twice. And one was when one reading in one night. Uh, it's very... Wow. Yeah, no, I know I I enjoyed many of the introspective sections and the uh, discerning your calling sections and the sections that led you to know more about yourself in order to have the gift of prophecy and purpose be to bring out the best in people. And I love the part uh, that the honor is the highway to transform the world and i'm uh, most particularly like i really i enjoyed the section on uh, profit versus the office of a profit you know you yeah. can you can be a profit but then to actually and the comparison and the table that it included and I, it was it was uh, profound and and uh, it still resonates the part about core core, core values that, yeah. and, and how the the core values are what are changing the lens, and then you show in there what what are the different kinds of lens, and then you take the test, and you take the test, and you see if your lens yeah. is scratched, and then it's a counter logic because even if you do good at the test, you could be thinking that God's like a genie, or you know you're gonna fully rely. If I'm I'm not I'm not misquoting, but I'm just thinking about what comes to mind. But yeah, it's yeah. A, uh, it's neat Did how. Did you enjoy that test in the book? Yes, I did. I did enjoy. It. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it because the the sco- uh, when because of how you presented it. When someone takes the test and you think that you you know how you, people take the test and they think, oh, I'm I'm great. I'm, i I fit that category. But then you're telling them the good and the other side of that <laughs> exactly. score. That's what I liked about that that part of it. Yeah,
0: and and what you're talking about is is the, uh, we we have like that core value attribute test
1: in the book, don't we? Yeah, that's that's the it's the core value attribute test, and it's uh, let's see if I can go to the page. Oh, here it is. Of course, my my hard copy. I'm still old school. It's a Bible verse. It's got lines all over the place, and I do adult learning, so I'm seeing how does that sentence apply to me. So it's all feathered through. This is on page. Uh, it's core as at- Values asset tests on page ninety six through uh, page one hundred one and one hundred two and one hundred three and one hundred four describe the what the scores could entail. Yeah. 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 That and you know the um, the other the other parts that I like about the book were I could just picture that this group this uh, hit hit group of probably not the right word of. Of prophets that is global that they're they have something grand to tell the politicians but now which political leaders they choose to tell first because they have that power in the word who do you choose to tell first and then how is it going to be like the rumor you know the kids in the grade school. he says the one thing down here, and it ends up being completely different down here. Three dictionary definitions in each word of the English language, and we're gonna think <laughs> we're gonna think that it's gonna get across as it was to be across. So That's, that, was, that, oh, that, that, that brings me to, to a uh, question: What is it about? What is it about expectation itself that loving people get wrong? I mean, when it comes time to take information that comes through. You know, we we see the images, we get the insights, but when we we filter it through this this expectation, and even now, though the person perhaps is a loving person, where does it go wrong until it it gets good it gets used for good?
0: You no, know, well, I, I think what you're talking about is something talked about in the book, and that is, you know, when we create expectation that we don't fulfill exactly by overpromising and under performing, we break
1: trust, don't we? We yeah, uh, we do break reliance or trust, yes.
0: Exactly. And so I think you we know, we call it DTR, you know, define the relationship. So, you know, in you know, Jesus said this way about prophets. He said, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, then you receive a prophet's reward. The next verse said, if you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. And so I think that part of the challenge for, and it's part of the reason I wrote the book, is what what can I expect from a prophet? Like, so Jesus says, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, I'm like, all right, what does that mean? Does that mean I put the name prophet before his name or her name? Do so hmm. I say prophet Joanne? So am, I, am I receiving them in the name of a prophet by adding a title to their name?
1: Or like futurist, and, like that one politician you talked about in the book, futurist? Exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I think that you know, it's it's important that we, we define the relationship. And you know when we're working with people in the church, mm-hmm. we say the word prophet. It means something to different different cultures. I only think for a different way. When I say the word prophet, if I said I'm a prophet in one one religious culture, it might mean one thing. Yeah. When I say I'm a prophet in another religious culture, I'm using the religion in a good way. The word religion in a good way. Another thing. So it's really important that we define, you know, if you and I, if I'm ministering to you and you don't know me, it's important for you to, for me to create, um, for me to define the relationship between you and me. Like, what is it that you can expect from me, and what is it that you can't expect from me? Hmm. And then when we get outside of the church walls and we start ministering to people,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: have uh, kind of broke into that realm in the last few years. But it can it can relate to any you know, any realm of people who are not familiar with maybe Christians even. They don't you know know anything about Christianity and they're not Christians. Or maybe they are, but they have no idea that uh,
1: they have no idea about anything about prophetic ministry. Yeah. And so you know,
0: we, we minister to those people and they have no idea what we're doing.
1: It's and almost Yeah, it beats the uh, (laughs) like the back to the future professor, Marty. Let's go to the future, Marty. Like, like, it's like, is that the guy on the corner? You know, all the stereotypes are all lining up. I I hear what you're saying and read what you were saying. (laughs) Yeah, And if you walk into a
0: politician's office and say, I'm a prophet, I mean,
1: like, you are nuts. Right, right, right. Oh, how about this? So I'm a prophet I, with an F, right? There you go. Now I'll listen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think it's really
0: important, you know, in different, in different realms and with different people that we're sensitive to how do we define our relationship with these people and how do we define our ministry to these people. So I sit with somebody who's not a believer and, you know, and, and is the you know, an, an influencer in their city or their country. Uh, maybe they're the mayor or the governor, or maybe they're the head of their country. And, I and you know, typically you have a, about a half an hour with them, the typical, typical length of a meeting. Yeah. And I sit with them, I, I have to take four or five minutes and explain to them in terms they can understand, kind of in the language of Babylon, so speak, exactly what they can anticipate from this meeting. What am I doing here? And where did I get this information from? And you know, and I think that um, their experience, who, who where they're coming from, it determines how I
1: um, if you will, how I explain what they can receive from me. So right, you know, if right, I mean somebody right. who
0: doesn't know God at all, then uh, I don't say, Well, I'm a prophet. I don't say I'm a psychic. I say
1: um, you know, I say um oftentimes
0: I have this gift about seeing into the future and um, I oftentimes have really um, Good things to um, to share with people, and um, and I have something that I got for you about about your future, and I'd like to talk to you about about that, and maybe about how you might
1: apprehend that. Yeah, and, and like, oh, ha- how you yeah. bring out the best in that person and have them believe that you're really going. It's going to impact them. Exactly. Yeah. And who doesn't you know
0: who doesn't want to know about themselves?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. I mean, most people like their favorite subject
0: is me. You know.
1: Yeah. Talk more about me, you know? Yeah, I love the one yeah. part in the book, page one oh five, where you quoted uh, they say that adversity introduces a man to himself. Yeah, it was so exactly. fitting where you placed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the power of the king <laughs> and the yeah, love exactly. of the, the love of the kingdom and it's almost as though we, we can lead a horse of water but you can't get them to look at their own reflection long enough to decide if they really want to drink it, you know? Exactly. And yeah. It, yeah, it's a, uh, I just spoke about um, in the book, it it brought to mind where there was a call, call the gold out of others. Yeah. And mining. It brings yeah. to mind a, like a conscious strategy of caring for people. Uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes more than they, you know they know themselves, and and the page one o seven, uh, the foundation of core values is from three things. Page one o seven in School of Prophets. Number one, the hope hope of his calling. Number two, the glorious riches of his inheritance. Number three, the power towards us who believe. And I think that separation between who believes and who doesn't believe, it there's a angst for those who believe and know the. That the glory is all for God, and seeing people falling by the wayside, and and as you put it so well in the book, when you walked into that, oh, it is an international committee that invited you. There were prophets, and all they're all doomsday, and you're saying no, it's not the direction of pearl that we're in, and uh, it was a real great reveal when it was mentioned in the book. They didn't invite you back, but you know what? I always say, everybody that badmouth me, where are they now? You know, it's like they're they're siding. They're going towards a direction, not towards the direction of love. You know, it's uh, it's either towards love or like you were saying uh, about the powerful manifesto for prophets. Yeah, Yeah, there's a stereotype to overcome. However, with with the school of prophets, it's overcome. It's easy to see how not only is this book for prophets, but with the core values assessment, and how the core values is the lens through which someone sees their life, and how yeah. how truths line up with realities. This here is for those who say also want to be compassionate for those who are prophets and don't know what their best friend could be going through. That is a prophet. You know, it's uh, really enjoyed the really enjoyed the book, and I'll have to. Uh, Shout out again to Kara, Jackie, and to Bethany. Thank you for having, having you on the show. Uh, well, would you be so? Well, thank you very much oh, for having me on the show. Oh, you're very welcome and much obliged, and with reverence. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. And you know,
0: I, I really, I really bless you. And could I, could I just pray a prayer
1: for people before we, we um, get off the line? Yes, that's what I was just going to ask. <laughs> thank you, thank
0: yeah, you. So I, I just, Lord, I just release right now. Um, just eyes to see and ears to hear Mm. everyone who will hear this radio broadcast but as they're listening to these words that literally that scales like fall off their eyes Mm. their spiritual eyes the eyes of their heart and they begin to perceive and understand the king and his kingdom in a way that they have never perceived before
1: they they would become people they've never been they would see things they've never seen, so they can do things that they've never done before. I just release that over over Salvador, over his
0: audience, over everybody who will ever listen to this, this, this radio cast. And we bless these people, and we pray for prosperity to grow in them. We pray for a, a prosperous soul, that they, would, that they would prosper and be in good health, even as their soul prospers. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on them as God, as you promised in Acts 2 17 and
1: 18. Praise, in Jesus name. God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Ah. Hey. Whew. Got shivers down back of my spine, Chris. <laughs> nice. oh. You're a good man. Oh, Like I'm just a reflection of you, man. It's awesome.
0: Thank you so much for having
1: me on. Yeah, likewise. Well, I'll tell you what. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, we can uh, we could try to pick up our conversation another time. We can uh, check Hello. check back in and see how uh, your next book is coming. <laughs> Good. Let's yeah. Do it. All right. I'll work that through. Uh, I'll work that through. Um, Kara and Jackie and Bethany. I'll be glad to. That'd be awesome. Perfect. All right. Well. All right. Uh, well thank you. Have yeah, a great definitely. Like, continue grace to you, Chris. Bless you. And there you have it on the Inside View Show. This has been a Candle 88 exclusive.